Hey guys, it's Mark here from ETF Tracker and welcome to Exchange Traded Fridays. In today's episode, we're going to be doing something a little bit different because we're actually going to be doing an interview. We'll be talking with a financial advisor, Adam Montana from Altus Financial. And the reason for these interviews, and we've got a few more to come up, is because we want to get to know different parts of the ETF market and get their views and opinions. And hopefully that'll provide some really good, valuable content for you guys to listen to and learn. So Altus Financial, um, they provide financial guidance without the jargon double speak or fine print and that is fine by me any day of the week so we're keen to learn more and we hope you are too okay so well welcome adam uh thanks for thanks for being here no problems no thanks for having me very well um so let's get straight to the questions i wanted to find out and for the viewers as well it's always important to understand like the background of people uh, that we work with and speak with in the etf markets when did you get started in the financial markets yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, even uh, even thinking of being a younger advisor or uh, you know a younger cohort in this industry, that's probably uh, stretching the truth these days. So I started back in in uh, kind of two thousand and five. So um, did the uni thing, spent some time overseas, uh, came back and, and jumped straight into, into financial markets. So I uh, started out uh, in equities directly and then jumped straight into the wealth management financial advice world and have been, uh, have been there for about 15, 15, 16 years now. So uh, I, I don't think I can, I can say I'm one of the, the younger advisors anymore. Uh, at, at a point in time, you probably were the youngest advisor when you first started. So that would have been really interesting, you know, just getting into it from 2005 and experiencing the the highs and the lows that, you know, happened over those mm. next couple of years. And with Altus Financial, um, you know, can you tell us a bit more about that, just so the viewers uh, get an understanding and, you know, what kind of uh, clients that you provide services to? That That's that's of interest. Yeah, so uh, Altus Financial, we're, uh, we're based here in, in Sydney and, and have an office up on the Central Coast as well. Uh, we, we are an integrated business. We, uh, we, we do term ourselves as a, as a private client advice centre. So we have obviously the wealth management side of the business. We've got lending, uh, we've um, tax advice, business services, CFO, outsource CFO type work. So uh, the, the types of clients that we work with really do vary. Uh, you know, on, the, on the accounting side, we, we do look at that, that mid-size uh, business to look at you know, the CFO work or the compliance work associated with that. And, and then obviously we, we integrate the, the wealth management services uh, into the owners of those businesses as, and staff of those businesses. Uh, from the wealth management uh, team as well, we have uh, many clients that are either wealth accumulators or pre-retirees and, and retirees that don't necessarily have businesses, but uh, really do value that strategic approach and strategic advice uh, in regards to their, their wealth management. So it's, the, the type of clients do vary. Uh, what we're trying to do is, is obviously look at, uh, again, that, that next generation as you try to, to continue to build and, and grow and organically grow your, uh, your, your business. So um, looking at trying to deliver services through to, to younger clients is, is something we're focusing on at the moment. And, and, and that's where kind of ETFs do play a little bit of a part. That's awesome. And, and speaking of ETF, so I was going to get your, your thoughts on that. But before we um, kind of jump into that particular question, I mean, this week's been really interesting. There's been a lot of ASX and AFR kind of news out because this year, sorry, this month is the 20th 
anniversary of ETFs coming into Australia. It was the 27th of August, 2001, all that time ago. So even mm-hmm. before you started, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. there, there, there was an article on, on um, you know, like retail investors, Gen Z, millennials, more of them are getting interested in, in ETFs as opposed to say, for example, like if they can't, they don't have enough to get into a home um, just yet and buy into that. Like ETFs are a great way to get in. I mean, you, you just spoke to that. Have you, have you seen more on your books or from your experience being in the markets, more millennials, Gen Z or, or younger investors? Uh, absolutely. I think there's, there's two sides or there's multiple sides to that coin there where, um, you know, ETFs is a, is a more cost effective way of, of getting exposure to a, a broader pool of assets. So I think you're right there, Mark, when you're talking about uh, the difficulties of people getting into the property market, which a lot of younger people will try to save for a deposit, and that's continuing to get further and further and um, harder and harder to get onto that ladder. And, and, and they're looking at uh, what they do with their funds and where when cash rates are, or, or turn deposit rates are sitting at 5 6 7%, then you, know, you can sit on your hands and, and, and take that. But uh, when, when you're getting a point, zero point something from a bank for a for a medium medium term term deposit you, you you're kind of going backwards and i think a lot yeah. of a lot of um you know, jet wise jet zeds are, are, are realizing that and trying to get more kind of smarter with the way that they they allocate their funds to accumulate wealth over time uh, so i think that has driven mm-hmm. uh, that's one side of um how etfs are being driven of late and then also uh, you know, from from my perspective, it's ETFs tend to be a a strong and a positive way of getting exposure to satellite um, strategies and themes. So there's there's been a lot of you know, we've we've spoken before uh, together on panels on on ESG and uh, we've spoken or I've, I've spoken to specific kind of cloud computing or uh, robo advice or, or or any anything to do with that kind of technology driven theme that we're seeing especially over the last two or three years you're getting a lot of interest and a lot of uh, funds flow to that type of uh, strategic team that's great and you know just on that further the the growth has been um some could say explosive um we're definitely not at the heights we're seeing overseas but we have seen that rapid growth come down mm-hmm. here um what are your thoughts on that growth did you expect you know, way back when you started and, and were initially getting involved in the markets and ETFs, did you expect ETFs to get as popular as they have? And uh, do you see more room for growth? Can you talk about that? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, you needed to have a crystal ball to try and figure out <laughs> where you where, where you thought ETF growth was, was going to go. But um, I think technology has played a massive part in, in the ETF growth. So I think when I started and and going back, uh, or going back to you know, 2005, 2010, that kind of ASX listed or share market exposure, you know, you tended to lean towards a broker to do that. Mm. Uh, over the last decade or so, you know, online platforms for $20 a trade, uh, you can do it on your phone. So technology yeah. apps uh, online, you can get that exposure much easier now than what you could 10 or 15 years ago. So you know, if you jump onto the ASX and you have to choose between CBA, NAB, ANZ, or you can go over here and get a basket of shares and potentially just get all of them, then I think there's been a, you know, that that, that drive towards ETFs to get a, a diversified portfolio of stocks rather than 
sitting there and, and stewing over, do I go BHP or Rio? So yeah. you know, I, I, I think technology um, has definitely assisted in, in the growth of ETFs and, mm-hmm. and will continue to, to do that. It's easier now just to, I mean, you and I can jump online and buy an ETF in, in, in five minutes if we wanted yeah. to. So, exactly. Um, yeah, and I think that will, will continue. And I think, um, you know, cost is another factor that has, has driven ETF growth uh, over years when, you know, fund managers have had it good for a pretty good time. And, mm. you know, the old 2 and 20 type scale um, up against a 0.09 for a all-market world cap ETF is is pretty compelling for someone that doesn't necessarily or hasn't had the, the opportunity to think about active versus passive and, and have that conversation with with, uh, with an advisor to, to this point. So cost, technology, um, intergenerational transfer of wealth is, is, is going to be a key driver there as well where, uh, you know, the older generation have advisors probably more have an active, actively managed portfolio where, you know, where that's going to be transitioned to, mm-hmm. that's, that's the cohort that is, is really looking at that passive type exposure and looking at, at ETFs. So is there the opportunity for ETF growth to continue? Well, I, I absolutely believe there is with that intergenerational transfer of wealth. Yeah, it certainly sounds like those uh, very strong tailwinds and it's something I, I see as well. And there's a variety of other kind of factors that play in there. So yeah, I think we're on the same page there. And with your type of uh, clients, do you do you guys recommend ETFs? And um, when you do make that kind of recommendation from the advisor point of view, like what is it that um, makes you think about, okay, for this client, they should look at ETFs or is it clients actually, you know, maybe they're more asking for ETFs as part of their portfolio with you. Could you elaborate on that a bit more? Yeah, we definitely use ETFs across, across the business. Um, we are a business that believe in, in active management, but we also mm-hmm. believe that we, um, what we need to uh, construct portfolios for clients in line with their preferences. So, all clients will have either a preference for active versus passive or ambivalent to, to that specific preference. So if the client has a preference to lower cost, then, then we do have a, a portfolio or a managed account that is a low cost uh, managed account. So it's still actively managed, still gets the benefit of, of our investment committee that we run, uh, looks at the asset allocation, looks at the, uh, the portfolio construction mechanisms that we, that we uh, apply to all of our managed accounts, but it's it's really driven by a lower cost solution. Uh, so that's one way that we we definitely utilise ETFs in, in the business. Mm-hmm. The the other ways, as I, as I kind of referenced earlier, is really looking at that specific kind of allocation to a theme, and we're we're mm-hmm. seeing that a lot with um, with ESG. We, we we also have a portfolio uh, specific to to ESG investing, but it could be you know, emerging markets where we may not have a, a, a discrete allocation to a specific emerging market that um, a client might be looking for. And rather than you know, looking for, for an active fund manager there, we might look for uh, an ETF that will get us that satellite type exposure to a portfolio over time. That's pretty important. And I guess the ESG one is very interesting, obviously, to both of us, considering that we were both on the uh, Financial Standard um, Forum with eInvest talking about ESG. And just on that, um, so, you know, we spoke on that same panel at the ETP Forum. um, And you mentioned during that 
that talk that education is important and clients are looking for advisors who can help them understand things like ESG investing. How important, whether it's for ESG or just generally, how important do you think that education is um, to ETF investors? I, I think it's really key to, to trying to link a, a, a potential client to an advisor. And mm. I, I think it's building that rapport and trying to bring them a, along that education journey to give them the information and the tools to make you know, an informed decision around their finances. You know, as an advisor, it's not my money that I'm allocating, I'm allocating a client's money. And, and for me to be able to you know, have the sleep at night test passed in, 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 my, in my room, I need to make sure that that portfolio is in line with what my client's preferences and, and, and values and beliefs are. Um, to do that, we need to educate them a little bit. You know, if they were fully educated and understood everything around ETFs, everything around active versus passive portfolio construction, then we probably wouldn't have been having the conversation in the first place. Mm. So it's education is key and also the way that it's delivered to clients. You know, some clients may well prefer, uh, you know, engineers might prefer 60 pages of explanation to run through, but, you know, you, you, you kind of artists might do it with diagrams. So... You know, education and trying to increase that level, and we're seeing that in the industry as we speak. With mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're all aware of of what the education requirements are, and that's not just born out of nothing. That is you know, the the industry, the sector, the regulators saying that you know we need to have a certain degree of education to be able to to deliver the services that we want to and the advice to to the Australian public. Yeah, and that's massively important for those that don't know. I mean, it's it's pretty fascinating that um, financial advisors, you guys have to continually be educated. You get um, a certain amount of points that you need to achieve in a year or something like that, right? So you have to go to events and you've got to just keep on learning, right? But that's all for the benefit yeah. of the clients. Well, it, it, it is. I mean, I, I, things change. And, mm. you, know, if, you know, if I did study 15 years ago, you know, the foundation uh, of that study probably hasn't changed, but <clears throat> the, the strategies that are employed, the, you know, the legislation that is applied is, is changing every year. And you know, advisors need to keep on top of that and, and make sure that that is then reviewed with existing clients, but then applied to new, new potential clients in the, in the best way possible. Yeah, that's, that's really, really important. And just, off the topic of ESG or just around those thematics, like apart from ESG, you mentioned cloud computing before as well. Um, I've seen a lot of talk about robo and, and batteries and just tech investing in general. What are some of the other, or even within those, like what are some of the other interesting um, kind of thematics, some might call it within ETFs that you've seen on the ground, you know, cause you are in the trenches there with clients, you know, face to face. I'm looking at just the data, but you're right there when yeah. they're making those investment decisions and, you know, as part of that advice. What other kind of thematics are you seeing people are interested in or talking about? Yeah, it, it, it tend, they tend to be the key ones. I mean, we're, we're in a sector that, you know, it's interesting to, to hear that, we're, that the ETS sector is now 20 years old, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's still in its infancy and, and, as I said on, on other panels, you, you do find that, you know, it's not surprising that fund managers will follow the flow of funds and create new products within that, that stable. So, 
you know, if we go, I don't know what the numbers are, you you, you would have the data, but mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I think the number of ETFs available here in Australia would be, today, would be much, much higher than what they were 10 years ago. The growth in that has been huge, not just from a fund perspective, but the availability of different strategies. Um, why? Because I think your BlackRocks, your, your Vanguards, your every, everyone that is looking at ETFs has seen flow of funds and, and allocation of funds and said, well, we need, to, we need to broaden out and widen out what the availability of different strategies are. And you know, there's, there's, new, there's emails coming in every week of saying, here's a new ETF covering this, and then here's a new ETF covering that. Uh, that'll continue mm -hmm. as, as long as the, the flow of funds continue. But you know, the, the main things that we're talking to clients about is um, you know, we're getting more and more conversations around that, that ESG and sustainability and SRI type investing and clients wanting to not kind of rip up their existing portfolio, but, but build a bit of a tilt and an allocation. And that's where I say the education is key because ESG is going to mean so many different things to so many different people. So trying to understand and, and, and understand what their values are in regards to that and then introduce specific strategies around ETFs into their portfolio is, is really important. And, and you now the second one is, uh, as you said, the, uh, the, the technology-driven type uh, themes where you know, we've got actively managed funds that have a tilt towards that, but it's, that they tend to be quite uh, diversified where you can, you can really just target you mentioned a few of them there. You can mm. really target a specific type of tech or cloud or, or battery or, or something along those lines into a portfolio and start building that, that exposure out. Um, you know, we, 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 we get some clients that want to be a little bit more active around either currency or uh, oh, okay. commodities. Yeah. yeah. Um, not, not a huge part, but it's, it's really opportunistic when they, they might uh, kind of look for something that might be undervalued. Mm. And if we can get a, a, a low cost exposure to, to something along those lines, um, obviously taking into account the total portfolio, we're not taking a huge bet in there, but you're getting that, that kind of sleeve allocation is, is really, uh, really important to them. And then you're kind of working in a collaborative type of, of partnership with the client to be able to build that portfolio together. Well, that's really interesting because, you know, the, the one thing I do see a lot, whether it's um, just mates of mine that I'm talking to or people in the, the various retail forums on Facebook, on Reddit, um, one of the things that's really difficult, uh, it seems to people, is just like what to choose. Like even though here in Australia we have far less in terms of the number, yes, it's grown over 10 years and even five years. Like the data that we've got um, from the ASX and Chirx goes back to 2017. But even over that time, um, that people still find that there's a lot to choose from when they're looking for a tech, like, do I do this one or that one? Healthcare, do I do this one or that one? So I guess, you know, the, the key is to look at the, you know, how that, how well that ETF kind of fits within their, their context. And for you guys, the context is they've either got existing um, a portfolio or maybe you're, do you guys help people that are just starting from scratch that have just zero investment, but they've got the money and they want to do something with an advisor? Do you do that too? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, looking at new clients, if they're, if they're looking at constructing a portfolio, it's, you know, it, 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 it's taking them on that, that journey as well. So yeah, there needs to be value in that advice. So uh, you know, for, for whether it's a transactional piece of advice or whether it's an ongoing 
active management type of mm. uh, uh, type of situation is is really in that first meeting. So it's it's trying to understand exactly what what you as the client is looking for and and will get value out of and and then for us as advisors that that have the knowledge around kind of what we can add, will we actually add value to you? You know, and you know, being honest in the way that you know, if it's if it's a ten thousand dollar portfolio and and acknowledging the regulatory type of regime that we live in, you know, it's going to be very difficult for me to add value mm-hmm. to setting that portfolio in place just because of what we need to work through. Uh, but you know, if it's here is a pool of funds that we have a time horizon of, of meeting to long term, what do I do with it? Then absolutely they're the clients that we will take through that journey, understand what their their objectives are, what their values are, and and recommend a, a bespoke portfolio. That's brilliant. And just on that, you know, those types of services that you provide and that view of the market, if people are interested in you know, speaking with you or learning more about Altus and even just keeping an eye out for when you're next on a panel or a conference and maybe we're doing that together. How do, how do people um, reach out? What's the website for Altus? Yeah, so it's www.altusfinancial.com.au. Uh, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we try to drive most things through our website. We, we, we do put a lot of information up there. We, we have a resource centre. We have articles. Uh, that tends to be our key marketing uh, tool uh, but it, it also uh, is built in the sense that we we want to kind of give something to clients before they even you know try before you buy type thing so there's a drive to the website you can get to know the business get to know the different services that we do provide and obviously there's a all of our contact details are on the website as well perfect and are you on linkedin at all can people follow you on there i i am my my um my picture has a little bit more hair than what I have uh, right now, but uh, on LinkedIn um, and and very happy to to respond to any LinkedIn mail that, that comes my way. I try to stay off other social media, but LinkedIn tends to be tends to be the one that I look at. No, perfect, perfect. Um, look, I really appreciate your time. Um, on the haircut situation, I've tried to give myself the COVID haircut. Um, but doing it myself is pretty hard. You know, you can't get the back, so it's it's business in the front. Um, who knows what's going on in the back, but uh, I think well, you're lucky where you are. <laughs> well, you've done a much better job considering a six-year-old did mine. So um, I would uh, I would take yours over mine any day. <laughs> we, we can rate the, the haircuts after we rate the ETS. But look, Adam, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so, so much um, for agreeing to come okay. on the podcast. And I hope a lot of viewers out there, and I know that they will, will get value out of this. So thank you for your time. Pleasure. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye now. Okay. Well, that was an amazing set of insights there from Adam, and we thank him again for his time. We hope that you learned as much as we did about what the Wealth Advisor's view is of the ETF markets. If you're interested in more of these, please stay tuned as we'll be releasing more videos of interviews from different parts of the market over the next couple of weeks. We'll also continue with our Exchange Traded Friday's main podcast, which recaps the news of the week. Thanks for your time and have a great day.